0: Welcome to this week's edition of the Property Buyer and Sellers Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Hugh, and I'm here to take you through the very latest news and views, hints, tips, and tricks to help you on your property journey. Well, hello, listeners, and welcome back to another edition of the Property Buyer and Sellers Podcast. And what a tumultuous week it's been. Uh, too often we're using the words unprecedented and we've never been here before, but it really does feel that way, doesn't it? Really extraordinary times with what's gone on this week. We've had the mini budget, which appeared to be all good news as far as the property market was concerned, certainly. And then we had some very bad news after that. Well, why is that? What's happening? What might we expect going forward? No one has a crystal ball, but here's some facts that we've put together for you. And we hope that this helps you. Some of it's good news, some of it's bad news, but we'll put it all together for you so you can make your own mind up and draw your own conclusions. Now, firstly, we had the mini budget. We've gone through what that means for buyers and sellers in the previous podcast. But what I wanna talk about today is now, The effect and the impact that has had. Uh, Personally, I feel as though the Tories have made a massive mistake here. And by the way, I don't lean Tory or Labour. This is not a political show. And absolutely, we have no opinion as to what party might be better than another. But what we do know is this. Talk about monumental cock up to have a mini budget just before The Labour Party have their conference and then Keir Starmer to give the speech of his life berating those policies will now wonder the rest of the world has lost confidence in UK PLC. And in losing that confidence, what we found is that the value of our currency has fallen sharply and because the value of our currency has fallen sharply. So we need to do something to shore up that currency. And what the Bank of England did was. Realized that the only way they could save pension funds because the value of bonds and gilts, which are normally, and let me explain a little bit about bonds and gilts because I think that's important. Bond, gilt, it's the same thing. And basically, what this is, it's government debt. It's normally a very secure form of investment that pension funds largely take a lot of, and it gives you a fixed interest rate way into the future. But the value of these bonds or gilts whatever you want to call them can vary and the value of those bonds and gilts varies according to confidence around the market and what's happening is that people have been selling these bonds and therefore the value of the currency is dropping meaning government debt is available on the broad market and the bank of england have noticed this stepped in and started buying up that debt Um, they've said that they're prepared to give it many billions of pounds to it and in the process of doing some this they have somewhat shored up sterling nonetheless the perception is that the chancellor and the prime minister don't have the confidence of the country and haven't got a cohesive policy that can work in other words the broader market seems to feel that uk plc doesn't know what it's doing And this budget is giving away money that it doesn't have. And that the Bank of England, on the one hand, trying to rein in inflation, is working in a counter or contra way to what the government is doing in trying to improve the economy and move things forward, which can be inflationary. And the conflict of these two things is where we have an issue and where the confidence in sterling has fallen down. Now, as we speak, the government is buying up those bonds and the Certainly, so far, it does seem to have stabilised the market somewhat. What remains to be seen, what will happen longer term. But what we do know is the projections going forward. And the projections going forward are that we are looking at the next MPC meeting, which is in November now, early November. Uh, it looks like we will get another interest rate rise. And it could be the biggest one that's been seen for many years. We could be talking about one25 or 1.5%, which is quite shocking. What does it mean to you as a borrower if you're on a variable rate mortgage? Well, for every 1% increase in the base rate, you're looking at a £50 increase per 100000 So if you've got a £400,000 mortgage and the rate goes up 1%, then your interest rate will go up £200, assuming that that 1% is the exact amount your lender applies to your loan. So it's very serious stuff. It's a lot of money and it's difficult times for many. Um, what can you do about it is the question on many people's lips. And there are things that you can do. Um, first of all, there are some choices out there still. Uh, lots and lots of mortgages have been withdrawn, but there are choices out there. And there are different things that you can do to help yourself. Um, What can you do? Well, first of all, you should. This is not mortgage advice, by the way. But there are things you can do to check whether it's the time for you to switch mortgage. Um, You can use the money saving uh, expert guide to mortgage comparison. That's a good place to start. You could also use a broker, we always recommend an independent financial advisor to look at your mortgage to see whether there's anything better out there and check out your lender's existing cheapest deal. This is a really good piece of advice. In other words, even if you're on a fixed rate or if you're not, if you're struggling, then the best thing to do, first of all, is have dialogue with your lender and word of warning here, it will take you a while to get through because guess what? Everybody else is doing the same thing. Now, if you're on a fixed rate, you may need to consider that you have what we call a redemption penalty or early repayment charge. And this can be as much as three percent of the value of the loan that you have to pay in order to switch. So what you then need to do is look at what they're offering you if you were to come away from that in terms of the fixed rates and then do the maths. What I mean by by that is if you were to pay X thousand pounds out to switch to one of these rates, would it be beneficial given that we can expect rates to go up one to one point five percent? in the next monetary policy committee meeting um and you know the longer term projections are for higher rates still so As things stand at the moment, the best thing to do is check where you are, see if you can get a fixed rate. If you're a first time buyer, then you need to look at what fixes are out there and available for you right now. Um, There are different options. There are fixes. There are trackers. But remember, with a tracker rate, there's always a chance that rates go up further and your rate will track that rate. So lots of people now trying to lock into medium and long term fixed rates. And there don't seem to be that much difference between the two and five year fixes. So you might want to consider that as well. Obviously, The most important thing is the loan to value uh, in terms of what they'll lend to you. And the more equity you have in your property, the more likely you are to get a better deal. Uh, The other thing that might be uh, something worth considering is actually downsizing. Now, this is something we suspect will happen more and more in the next year. Some may think, oh, you know, why should I leave my lovely home? But two things. It could get rid of your loan, number one. And number two, you could find your energy bills Are reduced dramatically, uh, as are your council tax bills and other things around that. So it could be a good option for you. Certainly, we're seeing more people doing this now, going from their medium sized homes to smaller homes, going from their very large homes to medium sized homes, or even going all the way up from the very large homes to the smaller flat. Um, It's something that might be worth your consideration. So do consider that too. So, as far as the market's concerned, projections going forward, well, If you look at the shares in major builders and the like, what we're seeing is a major drop off. And that's obviously something that they're pricing in the fact that there is going to be a lower volume of transaction when it comes to housing in the next year. And this, I don't doubt, but there are some reassuring stats out there. Um, Tim Bannister, the head of statistics at Rightmove uh, chucked a few out there this week. And this is after the um, budget announcements. The, Number of sales agreed was the highest number since early August in September, that is. On Monday and Tuesday this week, demand from buyers was down just 3% compared with other Mondays and Tuesdays this month. The average rate of September fall throughs was in line with what we've seen for all of September. So no change there. No change to rate of price reductions on Monday and Tuesday. 1.6% of all properties were reduced. And this is the same level of reductions that we saw on other Mondays and Tuesdays this month. Mortgage products are still withdrawn, but there is choice. The number of mortgage products have been withdrawn. But according to MoneyFacts, there are currently over 2,600 products available in the market. Longer term, look, demand versus pre-pandemic average. Uh, buyer demand over the last month was 20% higher than the pre-pandemic, pre-pandemic five-year average. And average asking prices are still sitting just below record levels and 15% higher than they were two years ago. And second stepper asking prices remain at a record level. And the second stepper category is three to four bedrooms, excluding detached. And they're at a record national asking price of three hundred and forty thousand across the UK. So everything's moving really quickly right now. Uh, Obviously, we'll keep you in touch with what's going on. But very, very much unprecedented times, I think, in terms of confidence. We could be looking at the beginning of the end of this government. Who knows? Um, Certainly they couldn't afford to replace this trust with a new prime minister, in my view. They would have to have a a snap election. That's not something they'll want and they'll avoid that at all costs. By the same token, if she puts the blame on Kwasi Kwarteng, given that these are her policies, it will look very transparent and may even reduce confidence in her further. But I do think the Tory party have a massive problem right now, and I think it's going to be very hard for them to come back from this, given that we have an election in a, a couple of years time and Labour seem to be moving more towards the centre. That's another politics. This is about property, not politics. So let's move on to the headlines this week as well. Uh, Daily Telegraph says that price drops point to a buyer's market. and Data from Zoopla shows that six percent of homes for listed for sale have seen the asking price adjusted downwards by five percent or more. And this is the highest level since before the pandemic. Uh, More mortgage payments, uh, products rather, have been taken off the market. This is according to the mirror. And we know this. This is um, an unprecedented level of withdrawn products. And until the market settles, we, we can expect this. When the market settles down, you will start to see the lenders drop back in. Yes, the rates will be higher. But remember, the business of lenders is to lend money and they will be back in as soon as they can see stability in the financial markets. Uh, The Green Party is calling for a wealth tax to fund an insulation drive. Well, good idea. Let's see where they get with that. Uh, Insurers are failing people, says the housing secretary. And they're facing a crackdown on immoral kickbacks after leaseholders in apartment blocks were hit with hefty policy bills in the wake of the Grenfell fire. Terrible. That really is. Uh, Tang has defended his mini budget, according to BBC News and the Mail. He says his controversial budget was needed to prevent consumer spending collapsing. He told Conservative MPs the measures which led to a slump in the pound and prompted turmoil across the markets had protected the economy. The Chancellor insisted that the government had needed to act quickly, adding, we will show markets our plan is sound, credible and will work to drive growth. The Mail reports the PM and Chancellor today will hold emergency talks with the Office for Budget Responsibility um, and with the spending watchdog set to present to the government the first draft of its full scale fiscal projects uh, forecasts next week. Well, that's the problem is that they didn't speak to the Office for Budget Responsibility before they came out of this. They were offered projections and didn't take them. And therefore, it seems that one part of the government is working against another. So as far as the markets are concerned, Things are in turmoil. No question of that. And the mortgage rates are on the up. But what does this mean to you? Does this mean you shouldn't buy? Well, the thing about property prices is you never know which way they're going to go. If you remember, it wasn't that long ago. We were also in unprecedented times with the pandemic. And when that started, everybody said that house prices would fall. There always seems to be a figure of between 10 and 20 percent, doesn't it? And yet here we are still going and house prices have been phenomenal. Because the one thing that none of this changes is the lack of supply and demand. There are still not enough houses out there for sale or for rental. And what this means is that people can't find the places they need to live. And here in London, where there's always healthy demand for people that have to commute into work, there will need to be more availability for prices to fall substantially. What that would rely on is repossessions. And because repossessions are currently at an all time low, it is highly unlikely that they're going to be enough repossessions out there that will allow the market to fall substantially. Most people since the 2007-2009 banking crisis have had to have equity in their property to A, get a mortgage and B, show what we call a stress test on their loans. So the tests were above the current rate of interest that they could still afford the loan. On top of that, since those 2007-9 measures, the market has jumped up substantially. So many, many people that bought over the last few years will see that they have substantial equity in their properties. Why is this important? Well, it's important because whilst we have equity in our property, we are less likely to give the keys back because we want to hold on to that asset because it holds our money. Uh, And therefore, it's A situation where I think we'll see a lot more lenders assisting borrowers that are struggling to make those payments. And by the way, if you do find yourself in that category, the most important thing is to have dialogue with your lender. And if you can afford to pay, pay. If you cannot, then immediately have dialogue with your lender to see what can be done to help you through a difficult period in your life uh i know it can be really really hard and it's really frightening for people right now but the most important thing is Don't bury your head in the sand. Do communicate with your lender. And if you're considering not paying your mortgage, then please consider, first of all, what else you could stop paying, because your mortgage will reflect on your credit score, which will reflect on your ability to apply for loans and mortgages later on. So it could affect your whole life. So before you default on mortgages, look at what else you could cut and how you might be able to change things, even if that means perhaps downsizing, moving to something smaller, something more affordable, That's preferable to being in a situation where you destroy your credit score uh, because these things are visible to the wider market now. No matter which lender you're with, when you come away from that lender, if you've missed payments, those missed payments will be visible to your new lender under the new systems. So be very careful of that. So, apart from that, the market itself seems to be largely in a state of turmoil. Many people that were thinking of moving have decided to stay put. They're sitting on their hands. So therefore, we're seeing less supply of property coming through. But there are still buyers out there. There are still some fixed rates out there, as we've explained. And what will it all mean in the longer term? Well, no one can be sure of exactly what will happen in the medium term. But what we do know is this. There's still an undersupply of property. And yes, mortgage rates are going up substantially. And rents are going up substantially as well. Let's talk a little bit about where landlords are at the moment. I know that there's much talk about the evil landlord because rents are going through the roof. But bear in mind what we've said already. The interest rates on buy to let loans tend to be higher than those on residential homeowner mortgages. Therefore, they're already paying slightly more when we started. Many of them will not have taken much notice of their mortgage over the last few years because the rates are low. And therefore not fix their rates and all of a sudden they found their mortgages literally doubling or trebling even and in those cases of course they need to move to protect themselves if you put that on top of the new tax disincentives that the government put in with section 24 the uh, disallowance of mortgage interest against tax this does put landlords especially those with one property It had a substantial disadvantage to where they were and in many cases means that instead of even breaking even, they're going backwards. And what this will mean is, in my view, we will see many more of these buy-to-let mortgages, uh, buy-to-let investors come away from the market and sell those properties. And what I expect that will mean is more lower end properties coming to market, mostly flats, uh, some houses as well. But I think many investors, when you look at the market as a whole, Nearly half of landlords in the UK own just one property. So this myth that they're all financial moguls sitting back, smoking cigars, drinking whiskey and earning loads of money while sitting on their yacht is exactly that. It's a total myth. Nearly 43 percent. Well, actually, 43 percent exactly. And that figure was calculated last year owned just one property. So nearly half of the market owns just one property in terms of landlords. And the danger for the government and actually for the rental market as a whole is that many of these right now will be looking to sell up. And my belief is that the Section 24 rules are the main reason for this. And actually, if the government want to do something good for renters, what they need to do is actually do something for landlords, because without the landlords, there's no supply. And when there's a lack of supply, just like with the property market on the south side, then that means that the value of that product will go up due to unprecedented demand we're feeling for rental uh tenants right now because many many times people are approaching us and saying what have you got and usually we manage hundreds of properties here at James Alexander and usually we're saying that we have a few choices and now They're coming along one at a time with a queue of people looking for them. So many, many people there in difficult situations looking for property that just isn't available in the market now. And this tightening, I fear, will make it even worse. Uh, My, What can we do about this? Well, my view is stop treating landlords as the pariahs of society and let them have their tax breaks in order that the smaller landlord particularly, and perhaps do some legislation around just a smaller landlord with one property where you could give them the tax breaks so that they are incentivized to keep hold of those properties for rental. So the rental market doesn't find itself struggling for new properties because there is such a massive demand and we're still not building enough. And what happens is interest rates go up. We'll build even less, especially as builders lose confidence. And when we build less, that doesn't help the wider market. So what I suspect to see happen now is we'll see much slimmer volumes, people deciding to stay put rather than move. And those that do move, when they look back on this time, I'm sure they'll look back and say, well, that didn't pan out as expected. Because we all know that in the medium term, property prices in the short term will have fluctuations. But, you know, buying a property should be for most of us for a home and a long-term investment. And we shouldn't be looking just at what's going to happen in the very short-term. We should be looking at what's going to happen in the medium-term or what's going to happen in the long-term. And in the medium to long-term, property always wins or always has so far, certainly in my lifetime, going right back through the last 30 years. But remains to be seen. Of course, we believe that there's always a future for something where there's an undersupply and certainly property falls into that category. But yes, times are tough and they're gonna get tougher looking at interest rates. Does that mean that you shouldn't make a buying decision? No, not necessarily. Sometimes when we're in these situations, what you'll find is that the fact that the market is tighter means you might get yourself a better deal out there. And in the end, it should be about what's right for you and your family. I suspect, as I've said already, that many people in larger houses might consider scaling down and getting something cheaper, and more affordable, because this whole situation in the UK right now is affecting everybody from The wealthy to the poor. Extraordinary decisions by the government in budget, particularly with regards to cutting tax rates for the wealthy. Uh, And I think that that really did jar the markets. And I think on top of that, Teng saying that there are more cuts to come in interviews post that mini budget uh, was frankly reckless, to say the least and has made people lose confidence i mean to come out as a brand new prime minister and chancellor with such radical moves was always risky and it really has come back and flown straight in their face so what would what would solve it well there's no magic bullet out there but the one thing that i've thought for a while now we should be looking at housing ministers change roughly once a year every time there's a new prime minister a new situation the government seem to p- replace the current housing minister with another housing minister and i think what we need is a cross party minister that's in charge of housing because the only way we're going to get any stability in the housing market is if decisions are taken long term and it seems to me that they're driving these decisions for short term gain for their own political popularity and what we need is a housing minister that's going to be in post for the next 10 years that's cross party elected and looking at the same policies and driving the same policies forward by that cross-party bench, because I don't think that putting politics in the middle of housing is working. Uh, And I I think we need more stability and more of a long-term view. We're never going to get that when we keep replacing housing ministers every year. Uh, Apart from that, I hope you're having a good week so far and looking forward to the weekend. Obviously, we'll keep you up to date on what's going on in the market. But so far, what we're finding is people are still buying, people are still selling, people are still renting. But there's certainly a drop in supply and some of the people that were considering moving have decided that they're going to stay put and just wait for the dust to settle. We'll keep you advised as to how it's going and what's happening in the wider markets. And as always, if you need any advice or just want to chat about these things, I'm always available. Do drop me a line. Ken at JamesAlexander.com or give us a call on 0208 679 8601 or just comment on the podcast happy to get back to you and hope you've enjoyed it this week we'll be back next week and more updates and information for you on where we are what's going on and why it's going on look after yourselves and if you can your family and friends ciao thank you so much for joining us on yet another edition of the property buyer and sellers podcast you can find out more At our website, jamesalexander.com. You can email me directly, ken at jamesalexander.com. We are estate agents and we can give you hints, tips, tricks and advice wherever you're buying, selling, moving to or from. Thanks to Ben Sounds for the intro and outro today and thanks to Jack Bowles for production.